Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirit of Dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Um, welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. Your host, Jake Amoris. Uh, got some things to talk about here tonight. Um, I wonder if that's not going to let me play my music then. I mean, I only got one song, whatever. Um, got some things to talk about. We're going to review the, um, Tournament of Death 17. Um, I have various other things to cover. Um, I have a... 
a race this coming weekend, uh, the uh, Bone Frog race. I, I did it last year for the first time, um, doing the Bone Frog, Bone Frog Tier One, which is um, it's they have like a sprint, which is like you know your 5K type deal with a ton of obstacles, and then they have a what's called a challenge, and I think that's like eight miles. Um, so that's like the bigger race. The tier one is back to back the um, the challenge and the sprint. So you have to do all the obstacles twice for the most part. Um, I did it last year. When I did it last year, I actually um, qualified for the uh, obstacle race, obstacle course race world championships. Um, I can't even fucking talk tonight, huh? Uh, and that's in Canada. So like, I, I have no plans on just going out to Canada and racing that, but it was really cool to have qualified. Cause you know, I mean, that shows fucking I'm on some kind of level. I don't know. I'm surely not like a podium guy, but in the same token, you know, to be, uh, competing at some level like that makes me feel good. So anyway, um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's on tap for Saturday. I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. It was a really fun fucking race last year. Uh, tons of upper body shit, like monkey bar type shit. Um, all sorts of different contraptions and shit to climb. And, uh, so very exciting. I'll definitely talk to you about that next week. Uh, so LeBron got swept, you know, didn't want it to happen last week. I was talking to you guys, uh, it was on on uh, game four, I believe, and uh, they were looking all right during game four, but they really played too relaxed to have the Golden State Warriors within a couple points the whole game. You can't you can't allow that. Um, so here so here it is. You know you get this. Oh well, oh LeBron couldn't possibly be the goat because you know. Oh, Jordan was six and zero, and he's three and six. Well, I mean, at this age in Jordan's career, at the same age, he had the same amount of titles as LeBron has right now. Um, so the thing is, is LeBron's not done. Um, you know, my my also my theory on this is also, all right. Jordan was six and zero that obviously has its own merit has its own credibility in saying, Hey, I was fucking undefeated. Like I didn't fucking lose a single championship game. Right. But now, I mean, I'm just going to talk big and grand about it. Jordan was only good enough to get to the finals six times. Granted he won every time he got there, but he was only good enough to bring his team to the finals six times. LeBron has already taken his team to the finals nine times. Now, if he goes out there and he wins those other three titles, which I do believe he will because I have a good feeling that uh, he's going to wind up on on a squad come next year, whether it be Cleveland building some ill shit around him or whether him joining another squad that's going to be competitive with those fucking Warriors, I think LeBron, before it's all said and done in his career, gets another three rings. Uh, so now let's say he gets those three rings, Jordan undefeated six and oh, okay. LeBron six championships. So the same amount, but then he got to the finals 12 fucking times. That would mean 
And that's if he only gets three more. And he only shows up at the finals three more times. Twelve fucking times to bring your team to the finals. Now, you know, people will give you this. Well, you know, if you get to the finals and lose, well... Let's let's not fuck around and pretend like Michael Jordan wasn't trying all the other years. I mean, we're talking about like the dude is definitely trying to get to the finals every year. So he came up short where LeBron came through that many more times. I mean, let, let's give fucking credit where credit is due. And let's let's pretend like getting to the finals is an accomplishment because it absolutely is. Is it is it everything? Um, no, it's 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 not a championship in itself. But you can't shit on a guy for losing in the finals if he winds up at the same amount of rings as Jordan. You can't shit on him for losing in the finals a bunch of other times because he got closer those other six times than Jordan ever did. Jordan got swept in the first round twice. So so let's let's not fuck around and and talk you know wild. Like like LeBron's fucking completely out of the running for greatest ever. I hate Michael Jordan, so I mean I'm always gonna hope that that he hits those numbers that makes it undisputable. Um, I mean there's people who are gonna argue either way, but um, and you know you can't, I can't deny what Jordan accomplished. I mean he accomplished tremendous things. He's definitely um, you know, a lock for most people's greatest ever. But he's he's the lock. Of, uh, as far as um, career being over, I mean, his career is over. He he didn't bring the fucking Warriors to the finals, right? You didn't see him in the finals with the fucking Warriors, right? So when you see LeBron carry a team like this Cavs team on his back, the whole fucking team pretty much switched out half season. And he put that fucking team on his back and got him to the finals when they didn't belong even competing with fucking with the, uh, the Warriors. There's, you know, younger, fiery fucking teams like the Celtics, like the Sixers. Those motherfuckers had some kind of chemistry and gel behind them, and, and, and look what happened. They they didn't make it to the fucking finals. It was still LeBron, despite the fact that his team was fresh. It was a fresh roster. No real chemistry, no anything like that. So, again, like, I think people just talk reckless for the sake of it. They hate LeBron. I mean, it's just... That's the way it's always going to be. But I'm I'm a LeBron fan forever, so uh, it is what it is. All right. Um, speaking of sports, sports gambling legalized in New Jersey. Uh, that is that is exciting and terrifying at the same time for me. Uh, football season comes up. I'm going to be making some motherfucking bets. That's for goddamn sure. Um, which may be a good or a bad thing for me. I, I don't really know. Um, definitely off the jump really not trying to bet on my own team um if we get rolling you know if we if we start out the season like we ended last season and go on like a five nothing run you know five five straight wins or some shit then I'm obviously going to be tempted to bet on my team in some facet because uh you know it's it's a catch 22 because uh you're biased to your team on just thinking they're gonna win but in the same token, you know more about your team than you know about other teams. So it, it, it's a tough thing. You're better off not betting on your team at all because, again, you're biased. And then whether this is going to be the loss they catch or not, most people are going to be hesitant to say, like, yeah, we'll probably lose this week, especially if you're on fire. So uh, definitely not what I'm uh, – I'm not itching to fucking – 
you know, go bet on my team right away. But um, it, it's exciting. It's another one of those exciting things that should have been legal a long time ago because who gives a fuck? You know, like like uh, just last year they legalized the uh, fireworks in Jersey. Like who gives a fuck? I mean, people are going to blow themselves up whether it's legal or not. Like, just, just fuck it. Just let them do it, you know. As long as it's not skybound, you know, because they, uh, that's not legal, which is fine. Because, I mean, you don't want to light the neighbor's gutters on fire and shit, so it's fine. Um, what else we got? CM Punk got beat up again. People are shitting on the dude, and, uh, you know, people just love to bury this guy. He's another one of those guys. CM Punk, even though he's not in wrestling anymore, is probably still the best heel in wrestling. Because... He was so over as a heel. He defied the odds. Motherfuckers didn't want him to succeed. He still got himself to the top of the fucking ladder. And when he decided he he was done with it, he walked away and still dropped a couple fucking heel promos on Twitter. Just like, yeah, fuck wrestling. Uh, And the fans are like, fuck you, motherfucker. I bought your house. And it's like, he's just sitting back with, with more heat than motherfuckers who are putting in hours and hours and hours just just trying to put promos over and trying to do this and do that he barely has to say anything and he has people fucking standing on their their uh computer chairs and shit angry at him so uh mma is obviously not for him i mean i you know i I guess uh as as many people are saying i give him credit for chasing his dreams or whatever but in the same token with with millions of dollars backing you like your, your dreams need to be fucking uh solidified with fucking proper training or something like it. Jesus Christ. Like he, he just goes out there and get punched in the face. He, I think they, the stat was he threw like 19 punches and landed zero. <laughs> like this dude landed no punches in the entire fight. Just got the shit kicked out of him for what was it? Three rounds. I didn't really see the fight. Uh, we were on the boardwalk. Uh, we saw like the, the tail tail end when they were uh, showing highlights and shit. Um, I was out there with um with Toby, and um, I'll talk a little bit about that later. But um, yeah, um, he, this shit is not for him. I really hope he goes back to wrestling because I mean that dude had the the wrestling world in the palm of his hands, and to the point where he could walk away. I mean, he accomplished what he wanted to. At that point, the WWE was just kind of fucking around with him, and um. You know, if he wasn't getting what he was wanting, the, the schedule's still grueling. The fucking injuries were really piling up on him. He, he he had the ability to walk away. It didn't fucking cripple him to walk away. As much as people hated it and much as people got mad at him, you know, whatever. CM Punk's another guy. I'm, I'm a fan. So, yeah. People think I'm a jerk-off, too. So, you know, me me supporting a guy who people think is a jerk-off is, is not beyond me by any stretch of the imagination. Um... All right, so what else do we got? Um, insane. Yeah, let let's go with this one. All right. Um, Ian Rotten announced the tournament that's going to be called the King of All Kings. It's in November, November ninth and tenth. Now he announced this as a tournament that's going to have no filler. Now, now keep that sentence in mind, okay? No filler. No filler, no extra guys. I mean, the, the, this tournament is going to be comprised of all Deathmatch superstars. Uh, 
he initially announced it, and I I'm I could be wrong on the numbers, so I don't even know. Um, I do not remember the amount of people who are going to be in it. Um, I think it's 16. Um, I think it's something like 12 guys will be selected to be put in it. Everybody amongst that 12 has to have won um, a major deathmatch tournament. Um, Major deathmatch tournament. Um, Has to have. Like, it it can't be some minor shit. It can't be some shit that Ian doesn't count as a major deathmatch tournament, right? And then the remaining four, I believe, and again, I could be wrong on the numbers. It could be 10 and 6. You know, I don't know. Um, the remaining uh, participants will be voted on by fans. So it'll be guys who maybe didn't win a major deathmatch tournament, but the fans will vote those guys into this fucking tournament because of, you know, you, you got all these other guys that fit that qualifications, and then the fans are still like, but I want to see this guy. Well, fuck, you'll get that guy too. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, when he announced this shit, it's like, holy fuck, man, that, that's fucking crazy. Um so let me just quick announce the uh, the first participants announced in it is John Wayne Murdoch, Cyclope, who just won the uh, Tournament of Survival 3, uh, Masada, Matt Tremont, Scotty Vortex. Uh, I'm going to jump over the one because I want to get back to that's my reason for talking about this. And then they announced Homeless Jimmy. Okay. So now let's go back to uh, when the initial thing was announced and he talked about this and said that no filler. uh, Someone mentioned Josh Crane and that Josh Crane won the Carnage Cup. And we'll talk a little bit more about Josh later when we talk about Tournament of Death. So I'm not just going to be repetitive and bash him throughout the whole show. No need. Um, So... Someone said, hey, he won Carnage Cup. And Ian, you know, won the smack IWA Deep South in the the mouth. Rightfully so. He said, uh, I said major deathmatch tournaments. Sorry. Meaning, Josh is not in. And IWA Deep South Carnage Cup does not count as a major deathmatch tournament. Okay. Let's fast forward now to his announcement. IWA Deep South used to have the Carnage Cup that was a respectable tournament for quite some years. And that's, you know, when Mike Burns was booking it and da-da-da-da-da. And so we are announcing on November, whatever the fuck, uh, 9th and 10th, uh, next participant in the King of All Kings is Insane Lane. Okay. Here's where I got a problem. And I had to say, like, hey, um, I thought you said no filler. Because the Insane Lane could not be considered anything but filler. Now, you you could be biased, and Ian is biased, towards Insane Lane. Insane Lane was, you know, one half of the Bloody Brothers with Ian. Insane Lane, as far as a wrestler goes, um, any time within the past, at least, at least 10 years has been trash. Absolute trash. 2008, um, I believe, was the year that he had the match with uh, Mickey Knuckles in the CCW. 
um, did some good shit in CZW. He was about half the size that he is now. Um, Insane Lane is obese. Um, Insane Lane is... Uh, he, he has some, some mental issues. And it's not, not like gimmick-wise. Like, oh, yeah, he's a mental messiah. No, no, no. Like, this dude is all fucked up in the head. Um, he's had some personal things to deal with. You know what I mean? He's, he's a single father over there. Not going to bash that or anything. There's no reason to, you know, be negative towards that whatsoever. But, um, the thing is, is like, this dude is not in the mental state or physical state to do anything. He had somewhat of a, I guess you call it comeback a couple of years ago when he did the, uh, Carnage Cup and the King of the Death and all of that shit. And he's tremendously overweight. He could barely move. All the shit he did in the ring looked like garbage, looked like absolute trash. He was slow as fuck, just walking around the ring. Like, the dude cannot really run. Like, he can't get a jog going. He can't really hit the ropes with any kind of fucking intensity. He he can't do anything that would resemble a guy who should be in the fucking ring. He just, he just molasses. And... To to act like this guy, and then Ian chimed in, of course, you know, because, I mean, me and Ian have a good relationship, and we've talked, you know, quite extensively on many, many topics. And, uh, again, I don't expect him to agree with me on this, because, shit, man, he's biased towards a guy, he put him in the tournament because he believes in it. But I'll tell you right now, Insane Lane's absolute trash. So Ian chimed in, said, oh, no, no, I can't wait for uh, Lane to prove you wrong. Well, I... I would be willing to... Now, look, sports betting just got legalized in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know that I want to go all out and bet. But I might be willing to bet that Insane Lane indeed cancels on on King of the Kings. Uh, is I, I think that's what it's called. King of all Kings. Jesus Christ tournament, <laughs> as it were. Um, I, um, I, I bet he cancels. I bet he fucking cancels on that show. I have seen him pop up on Facebook, and I'm not friends with him anymore on Facebook after he got on some racist shit. But he, um, and to recap, he saw um, black people doing some shit and said when he sees this, he wants to go home and listen to some Johnny Rebel, which is some, like, tremendously racist fucking shit. So to me, I don't think that's funny. Uh, I don't really think it was much of a joke either. And, um, yeah, they started quoting the songs and shit. So, uh, is what it is. Um, but anyway, he, he's, po- he's posted tons of things. Oh, can't make this weekend because of this. Can't make this weekend because of this. And so much so that just like last month, he posted this long ass video retiring from wrestling, saying how he's selling his gear, which luckily for him, because now he's, he's booked again. His gear is only a pair of basketball shorts, a t-shirt. And a cheap-ass fucking uh, Hannibal Lecter mask. So, that's easily replaced. Um, but, yeah, that's... Um, he sold his gear, as as it would be called. And um, was talking about selling wrestling figures and stuff, so he wouldn't even think about wrestling. So he could detach from it because he just wants to be done. And, and so, because it hurts him... And he's like near tears and shit, walking around his fucking house, pointing at fucking Triple H figures and shit. Undertaker figure, you know what I mean? Like, this is a fucking guy 
who you're telling me is going to prove me fucking wrong and blow the fucking doors off in November. Like, come on. Like, Ian is, is a, in my opinion, is a good dude. I think he's a fantastic booker. One of the best in, on the fucking independent scene ever of all time. Um, now, I know, you know, look, you could tell me, oh, well, he did this wrong. He did that wrong. He, he owes this guy money. He owes this guy money. He's never fucked me over it. That's why I can tell you as far as I go, as far as my relationship with Ian, one-to-one, he's a good dude because he's never fucked me over. Um, so I, I'm not going to accept that bullshit that, I mean, there's no way to just insult my intelligence and have me go like, oh, okay, I believe it then. Like, no, that's the thing about me. Like I'll give credit where credit is due and shit. You're going to hear a glowing review of somebody. I had a lot of bad things to say about later on. Um, but it's you cannot sell me insane lane fucking 2018 you cannot sell me fucking insane lane i don't give a fuck what you do i don't care how bad you want him to succeed there's not a fucking chance in hell that that dude's gonna be whipped into some kind of fucking shape this dude looks like an obese dr wiley right now like misty chimed in and said oh he he lost weight and he lost weight fucking quick Quick trip over his Facebook, fatter than ever. You fucking crazy. Where the fuck did he lose weight? He lost the gear that he sold to fucking Anthony Masao. That's that's about the weight that he lost. Maybe he sold a couple of those figures and he lost that weight too. You're out of your motherfucking mind if you think that dude is in any type of fucking shape. Or, or if he's, he's uh, headed in the right direction or anything. You know, goddamn well he ain't in no motherfucking shape. So, I don't know what the fuck he told you. Um... But he's lying. Uh, so that that's that. Um, oh, fuck that. Yeah. So then on top of that, um, and I and I was a lot more harsh just now than I was on the Facebook thing. I just said, look, he hasn't had a good match in eight years or since since 2008. And uh, I thought you said no filler. And I pretty much kept it at that. Right. So this dude, uh, John, John Mabungho or, or some shit like that, he jumps on there. Another one of these just fat fucks that can't say shit to my face and, and will talk online like it's fucking, like it, like it's real to him. You know what I mean? Like just, like it, like shit is all fucking working out in his favor and he's a bad motherfucker. So he's a bad online motherfucker like the rest of these assholes, right? So he jumps on there. And he says some shit like, yeah, how dare you fucking say something bad about Insane Lane. That guy's an amazing wrestler and a great fucking guy. And it's just like, oh, fuck yourself, you fat fuck. And, and the thing is, is, and then he says, oh, everybody knows you're a pussy. And it's like, well, the, the thing where everybody knows I'm a pussy is amazing because no one has fucking proved that to me in the fucking flesh. No one has, has come up to me. I'm not saying like, yo, I'm the baddest motherfucker. I'm not the one claiming to be bad. But I'm just I'm just um, responding to to the to the accusations that that people like this jerk off will say. Everybody knows you ain't shit. So that's that's a that's a wild thing, man. Because we've been in the same fucking building countless times, and you you knew that you were so convinced that I wasn't shit that you would never say anything to my face. So that's that's the fun thing about these online dudes. Yeah, you know I mean. I don't attend wrestling shows anymore, so it's it's the easiest thing on the fucking planet for a motherfucker. Everybody knows you're a bitch. Oh, all right, then. I guess that's what they know. Uh, I, 
I don't know shit about me and what I do on a regular basis. I, I, I'm sure I'll see your fat ass out at the fucking uh, bone frog race on Saturday, right? Oh, no, no, no. You don't do anything athletic in life. You, you, you post vape, vape fucking statuses. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. I, I'm, I'm fucking worried about you, you fat idiot. Um, so, and, and then he says, the other thing that, that seems to be a continual thread, right, is um, he's still crying about that bitch cut or whatever, however he said it. From Tournament of Death. Now look, first off, I don't continually complain about what happened at Tournament of Death. Um, I mean, if the topic comes up as far as like the Alex Cologne thing, Alex Cologne handled it like disrespectfully in my opinion. You know, he, I had all sorts of wrestlers who weren't even there and shit hitting me up like, dude, you're all right, this and that. Even like the next time Connor Claxton saw me at a GCW show, it was like, dude, how's your arm? Yeah, I mean... These these were guys that saw it there, and as wrestlers looked at them like, oh fuck, it, it was wide the fuck open. There there wasn't it wasn't a little scratch. I've watched you guys fucking beat off in the crowd because a dude got a half the size cut as I had on my arm. It, it's not a badge of honor for me. It's not something that I'm like, oh, uh, I did the craziest shit at tournament of death. But I'll tell you that like. I had, like, a really fucking big, deep fucking cut on my arm. I had, like, a... And when I got home, fucking, after watching the whole tournament, had the shit taped back together by their backstage staff or whatever. And when I went to the hospital afterwards, because it was not going to fucking heal well at all, as the doctors told me, thank God you came here, because it would have healed like a fucking mutant if you didn't come here. And they, they put a baseball stitch in it, where they had to stitch all the way up it. And I still have a, a massive fucking scar, which I'm going to get touched up, you know, when I uh, start doing a tat work on my, my left arm in August after my race season, which is something John Mabunghole would never fucking say in, in, in his life. Like, after my athletic season, I'm going to do some all other shit. That, that's not something he would say, but I, I maybe there's vape seasons and he could take that off, but... um. You and everybody else who has all that wild shit to say, you know, because, look, I, I speak bluntly and I have harsh criticism. But, again, I give credit where credit is due. I don't say things just to say things. I'm not just trying to get over or get attention or anything like that. I really don't give a fuck one way or another. But the whole, like, he's a bitch, he's this and that, you're a fat fuck. You're a piece of shit, just like Cam Head, just like all the other assholes who thought they were going to talk shit online. And the shit was going to stick. It's just, it, it doesn't fucking go anywhere. Uh, you know, I talked to Hamhead in the flesh. He had fucking tears in his eyes. You know, it's just, I don't have time for this shit, dude. I'm 40 years old. The, it just, it gets really old with the, I think I know who I'm talking to gimmick. Yeah, I mean, six days a week, I fucking work. Um, I take care of animals. Um, I have three kids. You know what I mean? Like, my regular life doesn't consist of dealing with motherfuckers like like this guy. It just doesn't. It, it just it's ridiculous. And people type this shit like like they know who the fuck they're talking to. Like it's just like oh yeah I know him. He ain't shit. Like dude, you're not talking to Matt Wolf. You know. You're not talking to one of those dudes. So either fucking just take a fucking trip, just like you drive to one of those fucking wrestling shows. Drive the fuck over here. And show me what a bitch I am. Or shut your fucking mouth. You know what I mean? Or, or, or just keep...
fucking typing online. That, that That's the safest way you can go, I guess. You know, it is what it is. Because I'm not Batman, you know what I mean? I don't run around fighting evildoers and people I don't agree with. And I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not really... um. That's not really in my plans. I got actual life shit going on. But um, enjoy your vaping. I hope the fucking thing blows up and burns your fat face off. So, um, there's that. Speaking of fucking people losing their shit, Lisa Lampanelli on a fucking recent um, stand-up, I guess. It looked like it was like a fucking high school or some kind of shit, but it had like a balcony, maybe a college, a community college or something. It was like a little joint. But, uh, She's just, like, snapping. She's, like, telling everybody in the crowd, shut the fuck up. No, I'm talking to him over there. You shut your fucking mouth. And, like, really, like, on some wild shit. And um, it wasn't, like, it got to the point where it definitely wasn't comedy anymore. It was just her, like, really fucking mad at somebody and then just, like, like holding the crowd hostage where they weren't allowed to say shit. They weren't allowed to do shit. It was just, like, you shut... <laughs> You shut up. I don't need your fucking help. And like, wow, it it was wild. You look it up. I posted it on my page, but um, yeah, it, crazy as fuck. Um, the thing about Lisa is, you know, she got that fucking stomach surgery, and I I don't like that stomach surgery shit, man. Like, it, it's not genuine weight loss. You know, it, it, it's something. I mean, there are some people who you know for medical reasons have to get that shit because their life is in jeopardy. Um, you know, they, they have no other way around of it. Most, most of the time it's just a shortcut to lose weight when you don't want to put the work in. Um, and you know, the, the thing with her is she was always just a shock value comic. That's all she ever was. She just, uh, all the blacks, heaps, dirty, filthy, heap, Jew, blacks, you know, that, that, that was her gimmick. And she kind of had like a loophole that she got there because she was saying shit that wouldn't really be okay for most like a white dude to just start spouting off but the fact that she was a woman gave her a little bit of a an okay and just like oh this chick's crazy and that was kind of like her avenue you know what i mean was just like she got to say wild shit and people were like oh i can't believe she said that shit but her material wasn't really great she had her moments i mean i'm not gonna say she was never ever funny she had her moments but in my opinion overrated and um and i think the bottom fell out of that shit when she tried to just like rest on her her laurels or her accomplishments and then become like um um veteran comic type shit and i think that's where she's at now and she's got like a chip on her shoulder and she's it's it's not good you know she was using pretty much dice's act but only dice had really good fucking material so uh, that that was my thing with the you know with that um and also you know a lot of her shit is like it just being shock value stuff without really even great material, it, it lands in that dangerous category where now you just get put on the fucking news and you know, oh, this crazy comic said some all anti-Semitic shit or had said some racist shit, and next thing you know, they're, you know they're, they're on fucking CNN being questioned like, so what, what were you thinking when you made that joke? Did you think it was funny? Like you know, they they call these motherfuckers in like the the comedians in like like Chris Hansen and shit when these pedophiles walk in, like when our video walks in and, uh, you know, they say, Hey, I'm going to get some cookies. And next thing you know, he's like, so, so what did you mean when you said, uh, <laughs> I'm going to stop at the store and get condoms and be right over. Like, what, what did you mean? by these are, this is how comics are being questioned at this point over just material. 
Um, it's crazy how things have turned in there. You know, there's definite, uh, it's just comedy as it was born would never be born today. And, and this isn't a defense whatsoever about Lisa, but it's just, I, I think she got away with stuff for a while and it just became shock value for the sake of shock value. But the other people who had, like, that legitimate fucking content, like, seriously, you think, all right, I'm just going to name some comics. Uh, George Carlin, Andrew Dice Clay, Sam Kinison, um, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. Those are some of the greatest comics of all time. Which one of those guys could have done the material they did back then right now? None of them. Absolutely none of them. None of them. Comedy would not exist. Comedy would have not been born and legends would have not been created if it were for this bullshit PC nonsense that goes on today. That's why, like, you know, when people take these crazy fucking high horse statements and shit, like, yo, if you say this word, you're just a terrible person in 2018. Fuck 2018. Fuck this sensitive pussy 2018 society. Fuck it. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't sign any fucking paper at the end of 2016, 2017, uh, you know, leading into 2018. Like, uh, these words are no longer acceptable because we as a society have agreed upon uh, just waving it off altogether. Like, uh, you know, I know you used to laugh at Blazing Saddles and, uh, you know, Spaceballs and, and all the stuff that Mel Brooks did back in the day, but all that shit is terribly offensive now, and, and it, we just can't laugh at it. Can't do it anymore. It's over. It's just, I'm not, I'm, I can't co-sign that. To me, what's funny is funny, and it's not just going to go away because motherfuckers decided to hurt their feelings. So, um... That's kind of my, my branch off of uh, the Lisa Lampanelli thing into the, the comedy world or whatever. But, um, okay, CM Punk, da, 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 Lisa Lampanelli. Um, all right, let's, uh, let me just take my break now. I'm going to go into the, um, tournament of death after this. And then, uh, you know, I have a bunch of other things I could attach to that too, but all right. Huh. Doesn't seem like clips are playing on my motherfucking thing, so I might not be able to take a break. Let me see. Let me try to reload this motherfucker right quick. Huh. So I just got like the little spinny wheel thing. So it's not it's not actually gonna play. Um, hmm. All right. I guess I'll uh, skip doing that then. All right. You know what? The other thing I wanted to talk about is um, Nick Gage. Um, been a fan of Nick Gage a long, long time. Um, Gage was a dude that um, I mean, when I first started going, he was fat. And uh, he he was just throwing motherfuckers around. He was just a mean motherfucker, man. He came out and, you know, as as I started going in 2001, 
I quickly realized, and he he really solidified this more and more over time that the dude was was the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the Indies, and he would just come out and fucking wreck shit, and like you believed the intensity of this guy, you believed the meanness, you you believed what he was putting out there, you know the intent to do harm, that type of shit. His shit was um, 100% legitimate. He put on some of the greatest fucking matches in CZW history. Um, I I became a huge, huge fan of him right off the bat. Um, I I would hang out with him in the parking lots like many other CZW wrestlers over the years. Um, Became very cool with him as far as, you know, talking to him as a fan and all that. You know, we talk all the time. So much so that, like, he saw me at a Force One show, and, like, uh, on his entrance, he fucking stopped. He's like, fucking J-Cat, like, holy shit, you're here. Like, yeah, I mean, like, the, it, I was, we were on very recognizable terms or whatever, so. Um, and before he went into prison the first time, I, I had pushed him and pushed him, like, dude, you got to come on the podcast. You got to come on the podcast. Um, at the time, he really had no phone, no really, he didn't understand much about podcasts or or what he was even supposed to do there. Um, so we just never got it going. Um, it shocked me just as much as it shocked everybody else when he wound up robbing a bank in broad daylight and going to prison. Um, became evident that he had a major drug problem. Um, you know, by his own admission and obviously by his uh, legal consequences and his actions, um, he had a major fucking drug problem. And, um, you know, landed him in prison for five fucking years. Major shit. Um, now, although, you know, everybody took the, you know, fuck the police and, uh, you know, free Nick Gage. Um, the actual reality to that situation is he fucked up bad. Um, addiction will do this shit to you and it will land you in prison or it will land you in the fucking ground. That That's what addiction does. Um, now understand that, you know, this, this entire, uh, segment here, this whole, this whole thing here, um, I can back with the facts that I, I'm an addict, you know what I mean? I am, um, next month I am five years fucking sober. Um, my vice ended up being alcohol. Um, but I have an addicted personality. So, I mean, I went through, I went through a segment where pills were a problem for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't take it to the level that some do where they're, you know, they're taking, you know, fucking 10, 20 pills in a day and shit, but, you know, got my hands on, you know, a couple bottles of Percocets here and there and, you know, got real fucking comfortable with them. Um, but it it never got to the point where, you know, I had to, had to have them, not, not where I branched off into anything else heavier, you know, um. The, the gateway to heroin is, is pills. And I never went anywhere near that. So, you know what I mean? And um, even on the higher end, like I never went into like the Oxycontins or anything like that. Never branched into like snorting pills because that's like the, the quicker hit, you know, if like you, you really get into that shit like that. Um, I've been around a lot of fucking people who've been addicted like hardcore. This is one dude uh, that I knew uh, worked at the shelter briefly. This dude would, would just fucking chew those... those um oxys you know they're supposed to be time release or whatever and he would just chew them like fucking three four of them like fucking tic tacs 
he'd zip around, he'd be all fucking singing songs and shit like that, but, like, when he didn't have it, man, he was, like, he was just, like, the walking dead, and he's just, like, you know, he was fucking life of the party, like, when he was up, when he was down, man, it was, like, barely living, you know, and, um, I, I've seen so much of this shit, um, yeah, I had a neighbor over here, who, um, he, he was on fucking heroin for a long time, and, uh, was just fucked up, man, and, you know, they, they'll lie to you, you know, that's, that's the thing with addicts, like, they lie to themselves, they'll lie to you, they'll lie to everybody around them to continue to do what they do, and, um, you know, so I've seen the shit, I'm not, I'm not a stranger to this type of thing, and I know what you can and can't do, and, um, Gage has gone into the what you can't do territory quite often. Um, now, I'll tell you also that I don't attend wrestling shows. I haven't seen this firsthand. I've heard from a lot of other people who know him closer, who are around him. So I'm just saying what I heard. I'm just saying um, allegedly uh, of the things that I've I've heard and seen. Because you can see that since Gage, when he came out of the first stint, he came out jacked, bigger, more, more uh, muscular than I've ever seen Nick Gage in his entire career. More than anyone seen Nick Gage. Nick Gage has never seen Nick Gage look like that before. Um, his, his demons didn't allow him to stay out it for more than a year. He was out. He was out about a year violated went back in now again you guys could blindly fucking yell and scream and cops and fuck the cops didn't do that shit man if you're fucking up and you wind up in jail like personal responsibility is a major fucking thing that's real life shit so when you get on some shit where you're just gonna blame the cops every time you fuck up and land in jail like then you're you're destined for death that's that's the fuck's gonna happen so all, all that fuck the cop shit, all of that, this, that, whatever. It is what it is. You, you know what the fuck happened. Um, now, and the other stance was that, you know, he came out. And I, I had said this on the podcast a bunch of times. Like, I want to see Nick Gage fucking healthy. I wanted to see him come the fuck out. And if he needed to quit the fucking wrestling business, find another avenue of life, and keep himself off the shit, then so be it. Now, and, I, you know, I'm sure I wasn't the only one who said it. And, um, he, he immediately got on shooting interviews when he got out and fuck motherfuckers who think that I'm going to stop wrestling. This is my fucking life. I'll fucking die doing this. I don't give a fuck. Pussies want to say that I should do something like, look, again, you do whatever the fuck you want with your life. Um, but my stance, I I stick by what the fuck I said initially. And, and it's going exactly how I thought it would, you know? People could call me a pessimist or, oh, you're so negative and this and that. But it's weird how a lot of the shit I say comes the fuck true. And I'm not a fortune teller. I have no fucking psychic abilities. It's just fucking reality. It's absolute reality. So Gage, he's out a year, violates, back in for a fucking year. Now, we're about a year. We're about a year of him being out again. He's got everybody fucking running around, yelling his fucking name, da-da-da-da, MDK, fuck the cops, oh, fuck the cops, a big fuck the cops movement going on right now, right? Well, 
from what I hear, he's in the locker room nodding out. He's in the locker room throwing up. He's definitely, I didn't hear this. Anyone with a fucking two eyeballs can see that he lost all of his muscle mass. It's all gone. And the thing that's been also publicly seen is Nick walks around drinking beers. Nick walks around smoking weed. That That's all shit that anyone who goes to the fucking shows can see. And honestly, you can't do that. If you're an addict, you cannot do that. I don't give a fuck if your vice is this or if your vice is that. You can't just dabble in some other shit. You can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I'm talking as far as Nick Cage goes. You either have a volume control on your shit or you don't. I don't. Toby didn't. Many of fucking people don't. If you have that addictive gene, you cannot shut it the fuck off. You can't dabble. You can't turn the volume on low and listen to that shit. It's full blast all the fucking time. And even if you start out where you're managing... You don't have the fucking control. You don't have the mental control. You could be the toughest, baddest, fucking most scary, physical, dangerous motherfucker you want. But as far as your willpower goes, you're weak. And the only thing you can fucking do is be honest with yourself about that shit. And, and you can fucking do what you got to do. But that, that's not what's being done right now. So I don't want anybody to get like real fucking crazy surprised when months from now or a year from now something happens with Nick where he's back in or worse because this is the road he's headed down. So I I don't support the shit. I mean I I really barely support wrestling at all, but um it, it it's not good. And if you guys want to keep fucking, you can keep surrounding him and yelling how he's the fucking best and everything's going beautiful and you fucking love him and everything's great. It's great. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, supporting him as a fan is a bad thing whatsoever. But some people maybe, maybe will hear this that are close to him that give a fuck. <laughs> I'm not close to him. I'm only a fan. You know what I mean? Um, And, and maybe... Maybe it'll fucking start trying to actually help them, you know, because the environment of wrestling, the wrestling business is fucking toxic to a, to a person who is an addict to, to fucking stay around that environment is fucking insane. It's like, um, I, I know this other chick, right? She, um, she was a crazy alcoholic, um, Worse than I was, she was just fucking down in Southern Comfort was like her favorite shit. So she would go through like a fifth of that shit and be fucking driving back to the liquor store to get more and shit. Like crazy. You'd hear just crazy stories out of her fucking up all over the place. So apparently, and she, she fucking, she was engaged to a dude. She burned that fucking bridge. They had a house, everything. She fucked all of that up. Um, she burned every fucking bridge she ever had. So, uh. This is probably about a couple of years ago now. Um, she, year and a half, something like that. She got two DUIs in one motherfucking day. Like some old world's dumbest criminal shit. She um, got fucking pulled over, DUI, impounded the car. 
they, you know, did whatever, brought her in, fucking released her in the morning. She went home, got fucked up, drove somebody else's car. <laughs> drove somebody. Oh, now the fucking song is like, this is fucking crazy. Um, I don't even know what to do about that. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't have no goddamn cookie? Are oh, you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't have no? Now I'm telling your short ass he can't have no goddamn milk cookie. <laughs> okay, so I broke it up. Um, I guess the clips just decided to play like a half hour after everything. Um, so drove somebody else's car back, I guess with them, but she was the one driving it. Drunk to get the fucking car out of impound. They asked her, how'd you get here? I drove such and such car. Okay, follow us. Boom, DUI number two in less than 24 hours. So when you don't get to see the judge for your first DUI and you catch another one before you get to see him about the first one, they don't fucking like that shit at all. So they they threw her right the fuck away. She did like a year, year and change, right? She got out. See some posts, this and that. Oh, you know, I'm out. Got to be out, this and that. Oh, she gets a job. Where is she working at right now? Liquor store. You out of your motherfucking mind. Clock's ticking on her, too. You know what I'm saying? If you think that a motherfucker's got that type of fucking willpower to, to, to be right up in that motherfucker, guaranteed. Clock's ticking, man. That That is... It's almost done. You just... You, if you don't have it in you to fucking volume control, to moderation, moderation is not in my fucking DNA. That helps me train so hard. I, I was able to turn my fucking addiction to physicality. That that's where I I um I've been fortunate in in being able to steer my willpower towards that and away from the negative vices. Not everybody could do that. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, I, I'm very, very happy with, with what I've been able to do, but I'm aware that it's that's that's not something everybody could do. And honestly, that would have been a fantastic fucking thing for Gage to stay on, is when he got out and he's all jacked the fuck up for him to keep on that fucking just gym just fucking gym ratted out, train and fucking wrestle, train and fucking wrestle, train and fucking wrestle. He kept the wrestling going, but. He did some other shit with the other time, man. And, and again, anybody, you could speculate out there whatever you want, but um, the proof is sitting right in front of you. So I wish him the best. I really do. But I, I just, I don't think the right things are happening at all. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people go in the wrestling business. And, um, you know, Trent Acid, one of the absolute best, one of the absolute best of all time most uh wasted fucking talent probably in the history of wrestling dude should have been on motherfucking tv some of the cats are on tv right now make a lot of fucking money that dude would be right up there with every one of them he was before his time where you know the gates didn't really open to the wwe you get your dark matches you get your sunday night heats and shit like this but um i mean that dude would have been fucking smashed nxt and, and been on to the fucking main roster in no time. No time. Uh, it, it's a shame. 
and you know beyond wrestling and what they could have accomplished in wrestling this is a human being this is a person who who has a family and everything else and it's all just thrown away because you know the vices the shit is shit could be way way stronger than anything else you got in your mind whatever else you want to do whatever you want to you know pursue that vice will take hold of you and that's it so I wish him the best. Um, now, I, I think I could actually play a fucking track, come back and talk about the OD. So, all right. Not. This shit. It's fucking crazy tonight. Did this fucking clip thing, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Alright. So now it's gonna probably start randomly playing at some point when I don't want it to. But, uh, it's not gonna play. So, fuck it. That was, like, at least fucking 20 minutes after I hit the fucking button. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Let's get into TOD. Tournament of Death, um, pinned out, uh, I, I don't even want to try to remember the name of the place. It's some kind of hockey joint in, like, Berlin, New Jersey, right? Um, now, by all, all accounts, this was supposed to be the worst TOD ever. This was supposed to be absolutely terrible, abysmal fucking TOD. Terrible. The lineup, the location, um, everything, everything about it. It's supposed to rain. Everything. Tendons. Supposed to be terrible. So, I'll just get into it from top to bottom, all right? Show starts out. DJ comes out. Uh, starts talking, doing his thing. Out comes the Shook crew. Fuck the Shook crew. Uh, this is garbage. Complete garbage. Unnecessary bullshit. This is Dojo Wars bullshit on a major, major show. So we start out just, uh, just dumb. Just completely dumb. Um, but doesn't take long before, uh, G Raver's music hits, which is a huge surprise because that is, that is one of the names of deathmatch wrestling that you want to see on these fucking cards. So when you saw this lineup and it lacked the G Ravers, the this, the that, um, and you know, prior to a week ago, Schlack wasn't on it either. So to now see G Ravers on it, Schlack's on it. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay. And the other thing that was um, very uh, predicted and uh, spoilers leaked and all of that shit was that it was supposed to be Brandon Kirk winning over Jimmy Lloyd in the finals, and then a couple people had said Jimmy Lloyd is winning over Brandon Kirk in the finals. Now, Kirk didn't wind up in the finals, but sure enough, Jimmy Lloyd ended up winning. The thought of Jimmy Lloyd or Brandon Kirk winning this tournament was just fucking gross to me. It was just like, oh, a fucking tournament of death is over. Barry CZW. And, um... <coughs> this is, this is you know, the death... The, the, the death of CZW is imminent. I, this, is, uh, this is going down. Uh, last year's Jimmy Havoc shit was fucking horrendous horrendous he didn't deserve that shit still doesn't deserve that shit uh it's just trash so now here's here's where the tournament 
fucking took off. Now you got, again, you know you're going to get criticism out of me. I'll always tell you what I didn't like as well. Um, Now, the fucking first round is crazy. Because, like, one match you got five, five-way dance. Five. Five guys in a match. And then you got a one-on-one match. So what the, how, how are you supposed to now? Granted, the uh, guy who was in the five-way won the whole thing. But by, like, you know, kayfabe, like, hey, you know, everybody's got a fair shot. I don't know if you got a five-way in a fucking, you know what I mean? It just looks really fucking weird to throw it together. Uh, so you got that Casanova dude, Stockade, um, Jimmy Lloyd, G-Raver, and Schlack. I believe that's all the people. Um, Schlack comes out with the fucking filing cabinet. Um, little bit into the match, he throws the fucking filing cabinet off of fucking Stockade's head. Like, tosses just the filing cabinet like it's, like a chair. Like, throws the fucking, (laughs) throws the fucking filing cabinet at his head. One of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um... And then, you know, little dumb shit like this, like, there's five guys in the match, and they have students come into the ring to set up cinder blocks in the corner. Like, Stockade starts stacking his cinder blocks, the students come in and start stacking fucking cinder blocks. It's like, what? There's five guys in this fucking match, and Stockade technically had, like, a partner, but, I mean, it, you know, they, they weren't really partnered up in this. Especially after, uh, you know, the, the next thing that happens is he power bombs fucking uh, G-Raver into this fucking wall of fucking cinder blocks. Fucking insane. Like, running fucking power bomb where he just takes a wall of cinder blocks down in the fucking ring. Amazing fucking spot. Um, and then, again, uh, there's, there's like a glass on on uh, cinder blocks on top of a wooden thing they brought in by Shawnee and the students again, you know, and then, and that, that gets a power bomb on it where another pin happens. Um, awesome fucking spot. But I mean, when you got five guys in the ring, like you gotta get motherfuckers. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just, I, I, I don't like seeing like staff help out as much, especially, you know, we'll get to that in the next match, but I hate when the ref helps out. That's like, <laughs> you know, the ref is, I mean, Again, next match. Um, Schlack does this fucking insane spot. This is one of my favorite spots I've ever fucking seen. He's got the door in the corner, and he does this fucking Hulk move. Just fucking Schlack smash. And just fucking double fist fucking smashes the fucking door in half. Then starts beating Jimmy Lloyd with a piece of the fucking door. Like, his purpose was to just break a piece of the door in, like, the most fucking gorilla-like fashion possible um awesome awesome fucking spot um the spot that g raver continually does at all these tournament of death tournament or whatever's um i don't i there's got to be another way where this works because last year i think it was he did the spot and it was like he was trying to balance a cinder block on someone's back maybe cannonball you're trying to balance a cinder block on his back and then like 
jump off the fucking uh, the turnbuckle and and like senton bump on his back and like he fucked himself way up last year like really fucked himself up um so now he's doing it with jimmy lloyd but like jimmy lloyd's got like his hand behind his back like holding the light tube there so dude could jump on it just it just looks bad like it's fucking crazy but in the same token it never looks like it never looks fluid or like genuine like oh like oh yeah he just jumped fucking smashed that shit on his back it always looks like the other guy's helping him out it's just a silly spot like again maybe you can get some kind of something some kind of like temporary teamwork where someone holds the fucking thing and then he hits the spot and then they turn on each other whatever the fuck you got to do to make it a little bit more uh logical so now everybody you know comes down to uh g raver Jimmy Lloyd, Schlack has been eliminated. Everybody's been eliminated. And Jimmy Lloyd hits a fucking top of the ladder brain buster on fucking light tubes on top of the ladder. Now, um, definitely got to give G-Raver some credit for this because G-Raver took one of the most insane fucking brain busters in the corner. I forget who did it. Uh, fuck. Might have been... Might have been Miedo Extremo or, um, what did I call him? Manny Estragos, which is the Mexican Danny Havoc. Um, it might have been him in, G- in GCW. And it was somebody in GCW and he took this crazy fucking brain buster in the corner on the, the turnbuckle on, I think, light tubes or some shit. But it just looked bananas. And he took like a bump to the outside. It was fucking crazy. Well, so he took this on top of the fucking ladder, on top of tubes and this and that. But, like I said, give G. Raver credit because it seems to be like, you know, something he's uh, well-versed at taking. But Jimmy Lloyd won this first-round matchup without me being upset in any fashion. And my initial thought was like, okay, Schlack's in the fucking match with Jimmy Lloyd. Now Now you lose half the fucking crowd if Jimmy Lloyd wins a match with Schlack in it because that means he's out of the fucking tournament. Yeah, G-Raver too, and it's like, oh shit, well now G-Raver's in it. He better not fucking win this. Um, Jimmy Lloyd wins the fucking first round match, and I'm not mad at all. Like, I'm like, holy shit, that fucking kid just proved himself. He just, and look, he's done crazy, crazy death matches in GCW and everything else, and it just it was like for nothing. Like, there was no reason behind it. It was just violence for the sake of violence, which I, I really... I don't have the same fondness for that a lot of people have uh, spun that term into being like a good thing. Well, it's really not, especially when, you know, you got five death matches on a car that's not a tournament and that one just gets buried. Like this dude's got scars for life over a match you'll never fucking remember. Like he broke fucking 150 light tubes and oh, later on the mat, the card gauge killed it with somebody and now no one remembers, you know, <laughs> all the blood he fucking spilled. You know, like, it's just like an afterthought. It becomes like an opening match, but it's got, like, fucking lifetime scars. They did, like, a main event amount of spots, but it's so buried because of all the other shit that happened after that. So a lot of that stuff was just kind of, I think, unnecessary. And, um, but anyway, um, he he really fucking came out and uh, showed that he fucking belonged here. So next up was Josh the Pigeon Crane. 
Uh, dude's built like a fucking pigeon. Um, Mance Warner and uh, Dale Patricks. Um, I didn't like this match. I really didn't. Um, not that it was horrendous, but it just didn't do much for me. I definitely hate Josh Green. Um, I, I really don't think he's good at all. Um, and then uh, Dale Patricks, like, he, he did this spot where the ref held his hand for him to walk the ropes and do a fucking moonsault to the outside. Like, I just don't like that shit. You know, it's, it's really like the, I mean, is the ref going to do like a, the doomsday device with with one of these guys next? Like, all right, look, I I really want to win this match. I was going to have you hold my hand, but let's just fucking hit this guy with total elimination and, and call it a fucking day. Like, I mean, where, where's the line drawn? If the ref's just helping motherfuckers out with their moves, like it's crazy. Alright, ref, hit the fucking turnbuckle. We're doing a more bang for your buck. Let, let's fucking, let's finish these motherfuckers, you know? It just, it, it doesn't make sense. I know a deathmatch tournament, you know, no rules, this and that, but let's not have the ref helping motherfuckers do moves, like, for Christ's sakes. Um, the announcers continually call Kenzins Tenzins, which I know, I mean, the guy used to, you know, he had a, great team with Kojima back in the day, but he's way bigger than the things they were sticking in the heads of, uh, each other. Um, so that was that, um, Mance Warner goes over, um, RSP Drew Parker. Uh, I've never seen this Drew Parker kid before. I think he's pretty good. Um, announcers again, botching things say, uh, brunt, brunt force trauma. <laughs> they, they pulled that one out. And then he says, uh, a hawk flying overhead looking for scraps. They smell the blood. Well, hawks, that's not how hawks work. Um, <laughs> you might be thinking of vultures, um, but hawks don't swoop down and smell blood and, and uh, look for scraps. Hawks don't look for scraps. Um, but, you know, what am I? Um, then, then they mentioned uh, that uh, Drew Parker is uh, trying to acid reincarnated at TOD, so you can get the fuck out of here with that shit. Um it's just crazy, like, and again, like, not, to jump ahead real quick, but Trent Acid needs to be brought up on the same show where another guy gets fucking inducted in the Hall of Fame, in the CZW Hall of Fame. I mean, come on, man. Uh, it's just, you guys should just either not fucking bring him up, or make sure that the right thing is done. And, and it's already past due, so... I don't know that it makes up for it now, but, like, you guys can't continue to bring his name up in the fucking history of CZW without understanding and and recognizing that the dude belongs, like, on top of the fucking Hall of Fame. Um, So, yeah, this Drew Parker kid's good. They should bring him back. You know, I I know DJ likes to bring in the Euro guys. Uh, You should bring this kid back. I I think he, he did pretty well. Ricky Shane Page goes over. Uh, next match, uh, Ricky Shane Page, Brandon Kirk. Ricky Shane Page, uh, he's nutty. But, I mean, he comes out with the, the fucking Bailey music and I'm a hugger shirt. Like, Ricky Shane Page is a fruit, but, but he's a nutty fruit. He's more or less a trail mix. Um... He goes out there, he does his thing. I, I didn't think Brandon Kirk did a great job in this tournament. I really didn't. Um, he was a guy who I was questionable about whether he, he belonged in a deathmatch tournament or not. 
Um, he was one of the guys that I really don't think did uh, fantastic in this. Um, somewhere along the lines, I missed something. Some. Did I miss? Uh... I don't know. I missed something with. Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. There was the match with Kid Osborne, Connor Claxton. Um, who the fuck else was in this match? Brandon Kirk? I think Brandon Kirk was in that one. Was he in that one? Yeah, I think he was in that one. So anyway, the main highlight of this fucking match was Kid Osborne and fucking Connor Claxton go up to the top of this fucking scaffold. Light tubes and a pane of glass on top of a barbed wire fucking trampoline. And they take this fucking, um, like, Michinoku driver shit into the fucking trampoline. And the trampoline looked like it went down enough where Connor hit the fucking ground. Like, absolutely fucking crazy spot. This was actually a really good match. I don't know why I didn't have any notes on it. I think I just watched it and enjoyed it and forgot to make notes. But uh, I thought everybody did their fucking job here. Um... Uh, Dan O'Hare was another guy in the match. I thought he did a really good job. Um, I thought this was one of the better matches. Um, but in the same token, I, I just Brandon Kirk to me didn't fit in this tournament. Um, I'm glad he didn't go to the finals because I think it would have held it back quite a bit. Um, yeah, putting a veteran like Ricky in there, you know, to meet Jimmy in the finals, I think helped that much more to make it a uh, special. And, you know, I had said too, you know, with given the tournament as it was prior to Schlack even being put in it, if anyone deserved this tournament, it was Connor Claxton. Um, I don't know if Connor was booked to go further in this tournament than he went, but after hitting the fucking, you know, ground from the thing and he said he can't continue anymore, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there was any other plans and they, you know, switched on the fly because that type of shit happens in these tournaments. So, I don't know if it was supposed to be Ricky Shane Page back in the finals or if there was other plans, and uh, I don't know. But um, whatever they did, they they made it work fucking well. Um, so then, uh, again, Ricky Shane Page beats Brandon Kirk, and um, then you got Toby, Tremont, and Cannonball. Um, this is a fun match. You know, fans bring the weapons. They did their fucking thing. Uh, Cannonball took the fucking Xbox off the head, a la Necro Toby Klein. Uh, I believe 2005, King of the Death match, first round. Maybe 2004, if I'm wrong, on to five. Um, I think. So, uh, one of those two years. Uh, first round, one of the craziest fucking matches you see between the two of them. Like, as they're announcing, like, you hear the Necro, and their punch is already fucking landing. Like, <laughs> they didn't even get the full, like, Necro butcher out before, like, motherfuckers were just nailing each other with punches in the face. Uh, that's when they were really big on, like, those just fucking legit punches to the face. <laughs> like, uh, like, Deathmatch wrestlers gotta be kind of glad that that shit went away. <laughs> just, like, like, no selling fucking punching each other in the face because that's that shit always look brutal as hell i mean they do a little bit of it with the the bar fight thing but like for a while they were just more or less like adding boxing to the motherfucking thing but they were like not trying to block the punches <laughs> it was like real silly boxing where you just let people punch you in the face and you punch them back and see how long that lasts um so toby tree my cannonball happens uh they added cannonball to the mix 
um, which I, I thought was good, especially, you know, Toby was banged up. So it added to the match. It allowed it to, uh, you know, really, you know, go into a full match fun. Uh, after the match, they induct Toby Klein into the CCW Hall of Fame. Completely deserved. Uh, Toby Klein is an absolute legend, and um, it's deserved. Like I said, um, to me, I just, like, CCW does not have a fucking Hall of Fame without Trent Acid and without John Zandig. Neither one of those guys are in the CCW Hall of Fame. So, to me, like, you can keep inducting people that deserve it, but as long as those guys aren't in, like, it doesn't exist. It, it just doesn't exist. DJ Hyde is in the CCW Hall of Fame. Like, come on, man. It's not an honor after that. You know? That's clown shit. Um, so then you got the finals. Jimmy Lloyd. RSP. Crazy fucking finals. Uh, Jimmy ends up fucking hitting the uh, Death Valley driver off of the top of the fucking scaffold. Through some shit. And uh, gets the win. And like I said, I... I got to give Jimmy Lloyd 100% credit because he went in this fucking tournament and he owned it. One thing he did in this tournament, too, that I, I really think he needs to continue with is he took him fucking self seriously. When Jimmy Lloyd was doing the shit where, you know, we were cutting promos and his mom's like, did you shit your pants again, Jimmy, and all this? And, like, it, you were going down a road where people were laughing at your career. While you continue to take the bumps, take the punishment take the light tubes, take the crazy spots, people still considered you a joke. You, you played off the fact that your body looked like fucking craziness. Just fucking crazy amount of fat on you, didn't give a fuck, and just let it hang the fuck out. And, and it was like a running joke. People liked you, but it was just like funny. It wasn't a guy who was being respected for his craft. It wasn't a guy who, who was going to get legitimate credit they, they'd call you the future of deathmatch wrestling. Let's be fucking honest. When they were doing that, it was a fucking joke. Nobody was, like, sold, like, this is the fucking guy. Like, that's how they're feeling about Schlack. That wasn't how they were feeling about Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah, the Lobo gang. He kind of looks like Lobo. Yeah, he kind of looks like Stuttering John, too. Let's. I mean, are, are we going to make this your career? Use Lobo as your inspiration by all fucking means. Come out to your own fucking theme song. Don't be a fucking joke. Go out there and fucking crush it. Now you have legitimate credentials under your fucking, you won tournament of death. You're in the same fucking category as so many motherfuckers who you looked up to. Now go out there and just fucking own this shit, man. You're out there taking your fucking pain punishment. You've done so fucking much. Don't be anybody's running joke anymore. Go out there and fucking kill it. That that's what I need to see out of fucking Jimmy Lloyd, and and I have no problem with supporting that fucking dude and saying that that he's fucking legit. After seeing this performance, after seeing his composure throughout it, and continuing to take himself seriously and go out there, because look, people botch moves and shit like this. I mean, there was a point where Jimmy was botching a whole lot of shit, um, but people botch moves and shit. I mean, that that's that's besides the point. I think. The running joke needed to end. I think uh, winning Tournament of Death is a fucking very good way to do it. And um, much respect to that dude. I give him a lot of credit for going out there and doing what he did. I think he ate some light tubes or some shit between after the first round and threw up and all sorts of shit. But um, that, you know, 
that dude 100% solidified himself in Tournament of Death. And uh, impressive. Absolutely impressive. Um, Shaheen's telling me I miss DJ and Mitch. I, I didn't miss anything. Uh, the, there's no value to that. I have no... Um, DJ did, did a whole stupid... Sh- Every time DJ's in the ring, it's a bad idea. So, um, he... he he is not a an, an asset to his own company. He never has been, never will be. Um, so yeah, um, that's it. Overall, motherfucking big big ups to CZW, pulling off the tournament of death that nobody thought that they can pull off, doing uh, tremendous things with that fucking tournament. I mean, really, really uh, highly recommended that people go and check out this fucking tournament because it, it was very good. Very, very good. A lot of guys who people didn't expect to step up, step the fuck up. The winner of it, Jimmy fucking Lloyd, uh, Kid Osborne went out there and killed it. Um, you know, I mean, Dan O'Hare killed it. Um, I mean, so many. I mean, they, they really they really stepped up. So, uh, you know, the thing that I, I'm concerned about, though, you know, going forward from this, people are like, is this the turning point for CCW, man? Their regular building is a building that they can't fucking spill cookies on the fucking AstroTurf. Ultraviolence is not happening in that fucking building. Um, where they go from here, I don't know. I think they need to find a regular venue where they can do death matches. I don't think death matches need to be the staple of CCW. But if they're going to be taken seriously and compete and do the type of things that is going to keep that fucking fan base interested, they have to be able to do some fucking hardcore fucking deathmatch wrestling. They have to. Not Again, not primarily, not five of them a show. I think GCW does far too much. Um, you know, they got to find a way. They, You know, it's not going to happen in fucking uh, whatever the fuck that building is with the no cookie edict. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that, that's my opinion on that. I just don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, they're headed for the sky because this is a great tournament of death. Yeah. But like, what are the fans going to say? Like, all right, well, I can't wait till next year's tournament of death. I mean, is that, is that the next level of violence we're going to look forward to? I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, let me see. Where's my other topics? Here we go. Um, we talk about the, uh, so then uh, highly honored because again, you know, I, I'd, I'd mentioned Toby. Toby is a guy who, you know, I'd become friends with because, um, I think through sobriety is, is more, um, how, how we really linked up. You know, I had talked to Nicole, his wife, you know, quite, quite a bit online, you know, just friendly stuff in the early goings of Yakuza kick radio. She would listen on a regular basis. She'd be over there in the chat room and this and that. And, uh, she was always really, really great people. Um, Toby, you know, once he got, he got sober, he, he has been sober for five years. So he's got, I think about six months on me, something like that. But the thing about Toby is as soon as he got sober, 
not only did he get sober, he immediately turned his focus towards helping other people who also wanted to be sober. And, and, and um, to the point where now he's a drug and alcohol counselor. I mean, this, this guy immediately turned. He is, he's a far better dude than I am because, man, I, I turned against my fucking demons. And I, I fucking <laughs> I look at people like scumbags that are on to, up to that shit. Uh, this dude is uh, a far better person than me. He was able to really steer his focus towards helping people. And, um, look, you know, I, I'm not going to, um, you know, just bury myself that like I'm just some fucking shitbag. But uh, as far as that stuff goes, I'm not, I'm not much of a help. If someone would like to talk to somebody because you're looking to get better, I, I have no problem with talking to you. But if you're like in, in the, uh, in the depths of it, I don't feel any kind of sympathy and shit. Cause I had to pull myself out of that and have people look at me, uh, you know, negatively throughout it. And, uh, that's, that's just kind of to be expected when you live that type of life is, is to know that people don't view you in a high, um, in high value. Um, yeah, my my uh my positive, my my huge um asset is um I, I save animals' lives. I I change their their futures, you know, where a lot of them are really um destined for death and I, I change the outcome of that and turn them into um, you know, adoptable cats and yeah. So that that that's my big plus. I I help cats lives. Um, guy like Toby helps people's lives. And, um, he, you know, when I, I had been fucking spiraling out of control for a while. And when I finally really, really made that decision and, um, wanted to get away from it, you know, I had called and I had talked to him even on my very last night drinking. I was on the phone with Toby for an hour and, uh, just, just a great dude. You know, he's been through it. He knows what the fucking deal is. And, uh, you know, I really bonded with him through that. And, you know, over the years, you know, we talk here and there and, you know, send messages back and forth and shit like this. And, uh, you know, most of the time through Nicole's account. But, uh, and, uh, you know, seen him a couple times, you know, the shows, you know, few and far between because I really haven't attended quite as much and he hadn't been out east quite as much. But, you know, saw him at the King of the Death a couple years ago and, you know, kept in, in contact online, um, sent him some peppers Did you know, he did the fucking, um, the, uh, Carolina Reapers where I fucking sent him and he ate the motherfuckers just like whole, some of the craziest, I'll get back to that in a second, craziest shit. Um, so when he got booked for this, this, uh, two day shot doing H2O on Friday and tournament of death on Saturday, it was like, oh, you know, we're coming to Jersey and this and that. And then we ended up making plans. Like, all right, we'll fucking head, out, head down here and this and that. And I, they had said they never went to the Jersey Shore before. And, you know, they, you know, the TV show and the Jersey Shore. And, yeah, yeah, well, we'll, well you know, because we were thinking, like, where are we going to meet? You know, you want to do AC, you want to do this, you want to do that. So they decided on the Jersey Shore, Seaside Heights. So uh, they headed down to my house afterwards. Uh, we hung out for a bit and, uh, you know, for, for a guy to fucking work his last fucking match, a, a legend in the death match wrestling and, and in wrestling independently, um, all over the world, Japan, everywhere for him to work his last match, retire, get inducted to the hall of fame, 
hop in the car and head to my house. <laughs> That's some fucking wild shit to me. You know what I mean? So uh, he head over here. Uh, he did the death nut challenge, which shocked the fuck out of me, man. You can go watch his video. Um, I, I shared it. Nicole shared it. Um, and uh, I, I put my video up there, too, from uh, when I did it a couple months back. And um, I I can't believe to say that he did not beat that challenge. Um, Toby Klein, when he did the fucking Carolina Reapers, I had sent Carolina Reapers to Insane Lane when we were on, you know, good terms for the racism. Um, and he... Um, Man, he he had like one of the most classic videos ever. Like I still watch that insane lane videos. With anyone who hasn't seen it, that comes to like one of my pepper parties and shit, like everybody's got to watch the fucking insane lane video because you can see the emotion change in his face and like the worry set in when the fucking heat hit him, and like oh god, <laughs> like it's one of the funniest things ever. So following that, I sent the peppers to um, Toby too, and that video wasn't nearly as entertaining. Because Toby ate that shit like, like a fucking, like a mini donut. Like he just chewed that shit and was like, man, yeah, that's, that's hot. I I can feel that. That's, that's hot. But like, no sold the fuck out of the hottest pepper in the world at the time. Now there's, you know, the pepper X and whatever, but, um, no sold the shit out of him. Like this, this fucking guy's invincible. The other guy who who does shit like that is fucking low life Louis. No sells the fuck out of peppers, and it's fucking frustrating because I know that shit fucking hurts, man. It hurts everybody else, and you're just like, yep, that's hot. There it goes. Yeah, he's he's a fucking animal. But uh, Toby no sold the shit out of that. So when he came over here, I'm like, oh, he's gonna crush this fucking thing. And uh, he got to the fourth one and had the tap. He said it got caught in his tooth. And it should just burn like a motherfucker and he tapped. And uh fuck though. Um that that death nut challenge is not a joke, man. It, it's really it's really not. Um I mean after about fifteen minutes after mine, I fucking threw up, the shit came out of my nose and then I had like fire in my fucking face, like it it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I had an extra one and I held on to it and um that once these plans were made, I was like, oh, fucking do the death nut challenge. And he was all up for it. So, um, so then, yeah, we headed out to seaside and, uh, you know, walked the boardwalk a little But Toby was really banged up. Um, you know, he hurt his back on Friday, you know, and then still went out there, worked that fucking match on Saturday. Um, plus on top of that, the heartburn from the fucking death nut challenge was fucking him up. So he had a, he had a rough go. Yeah, you know, we hung out for a bit. Um, and then it came where he was going, they were going to go get a hotel. We go to leave and, um, his wife, Nicole had lost her wallet. So, uh, we, we searched through the car, searched through her car, searched through her car, all her bags, everything, search, search, search. Holy shit. She thinks she lost it at the, uh, the, the hotel they stayed at the night before. And I'm I'm only like putting all this out there because she had posted it on her Facebook herself, so you know this isn't like crazy, uh, you know, unheard of information. But the reason I'm I'm even putting it out there is because the end of the story is, is ridiculous. Um, so now we figure out, all right, well, Toby's got some cash, but they now don't have a credit card, and uh, fuck, how how are we gonna get a hotel? So I told him. 
I mean, if you guys need to, you can crash it at my house. You know, we'll figure something out. We'll go get an air mattress or some shit. I don't really have, like, a, a setup for that. But in the same token, we'll, we'll make it fucking work if need be. You know, I had um, Toby Nicole and uh, Toby's youngest son, uh, Baby J. And um, so we're like, all right. Well, we'll go to we'll go to the hotels with you. That way, like if they accept it, you know, with no card or whatever, then good. But we're not going to just leave you stranded. So, you know, we'll go out there. So, the the first one, and and little did we realize either, um, it's fucking prom weekend. You know, prom weekends and motherfuckers head to seaside from all over the place. So everything is fucking booked. Um, we immediately knew that seaside itself was going to be a no go. So we headed over the bridge back towards Tom's river. Um, as soon as you get over the bridge is like a comfort in. So it was like, you know, this looks all right. This looks pretty nice. We'll stop there. They go through the whole spiel with them. The guy's like, Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, we could put, you know, whatever you have on file. And she's like, all right, you know, well, how much is the room? He goes, oh, we don't, we don't have any open rooms. Like, I, thought, I thought you had reservations. They're like, Oh fuck. So then uh, we walk across the parking lot because, like, right next door is this little fucking crazy shady-looking, I mean, welfare motel. Like, shit looks shady as fuck. We had to knock on the door where, like, motherfucker, like, looked through the blinds (laughs) before they opened the door to see what we wanted. Oh, no, no vacancy. So uh, nothing there. So we're like, ah, shit. So now going all the way up 37... Every everything's just fucking sold out. We get to where um it was like a Howard Johnson, I believe, and they they switched to something else. So I figured this is a big enough hotel, and it's a couple miles away. We'll try this one. You know, we're we're not gonna stop at every one of these things because you know anyone knows Jersey. You got a lot of jug handles and U turns and shit, and you know big uh, concrete barriers in the middle, so you can't just you know make a left here, make a left there you know, hop in and out of a bunch of places, you're going to have to make a lot of fucking U-turns and drive up the road and all of that. So um, we were just going to assume that the majority of these shitholes were just booked. And uh, so we tried this one. Nope, no vacancy. Um, All right. So now we're like, let's head back towards our town. There's a couple hotels, motels over in our town, you know, which uh, is, you know, a couple exits away from Seaside. So we start headed down uh, back towards nine and right before then is now uh, I see this, this one joint and it's called a red carpet in now used to be the red roof in and they switched over to red carpet. I guess when the red hit the carpet, everything went bad. So um, we, uh, we get in there, we pull into the back parking lot. And there's these two shady-looking Indian dudes. And, like, we get out of the car and we're walking, you know. And uh, I'm – these two dudes are looking like they're about to roll up on us and shit. I'm thinking to myself, like, I know Toby's banged up, but that's a bad motherfucker right there. I don't think they want to roll up on it. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty athletic myself. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, just just quick size up. I I don't think these dudes want it. You know what I mean? So I'm just thinking, like, I don't know what the fuck these dudes are up to, but they're, like, creeping and shit. So we fucking get inside, give a couple second count, two dudes, those two dudes come walking through the door. Oh, that's the staff. That's the motherfuckers who work here that are creeping in the back parking lot like motherfucking criminals. So they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to help you. <laughs> like, they break into, like, I work here mode. 
so they explained their whole shit. We don't have, you know, a credit card, this, that. You know, we got cash. Whatever. They're like, yeah, no problem and shit, which should have been a fucking red flag to begin with. But people like to hear what, uh, you know, what they want to hear. So uh, they're like, yeah, no problem, whatever. And, uh, and uh, you know, the one sitting there joking with, uh, with Baby J, you know, they're having a good time. And, uh, the next thing is, is fucking, uh, all right, he pays him. They tell him what room to give him the card. He slides a, a bag of dried plums across it. Here, here, here's some dried plums. Gives him a bag of dried plums. I've never seen no shit like that before. So, we go like, all right, well, fucking that's weird as fuck. So we joked about that for a minute. I said, hey, man, you know, take care. I love fucking seeing you guys, you know, next time, you know, hopefully on the better circumstances, you know, you're feeling a little better, Toby, da-da. Thanks, guys, you know, I love you, da-da. So, we fucking head back to the house and then hit him up and like, hey, you know, how's it going over there? Oh, funny you should ask. Uh, the there's like a domestic dispute where the, those two Indian dudes are fighting with somebody else about them not paying their rent and shit and shit's going down and the cops are coming and all this. I'm like, Oh fuck. So they, they stay tonight, you know, rough night. Then the next day, uh, you know, they head back home and Nicole, uh, you know, gives some more details saying that there was like a foot shaped hole in the bathroom door Shit was just wild over there. So she ended up looking up the hotel. Now, mind you, like, I, I, I live right around here. I don't stay in hotels because I fucking live around here, right? Uh, My only experience with that place individually, because it's like, right, it's weird because if you go, like, a couple miles in one direction, it's South Tom's River, and South Tom's River is pretty much a shithole. But if you walked, like, two blocks from right where that is, in the other direction, it's like, it's Main Street, and it's like shops and fucking, like, coffee shops, and, and like, it's, it's kind of nice, like, it's downtown Tom's River, like, and, like, five blocks from there is, like, the fucking courthouse and shit, you know what I mean, like, it's that, it's not really, like, crazy right there, but apparently, like, shit breaks off right there, um, so she looks it up, and apparently... This motherfucking joint is, like, slated for fucking demolition because it's considered a public nuisance. There was a prostitution ring there last year. Somebody got killed there last month. There's, like, 17 arrests in the past, like, fucking month or some kind of crazy shit. Like, yo, what the fuck? I had no fucking idea. My only experience with this place was um, one of my ducks. Um, got brought to the, the zoo where I work because um, he just kept, and this is back when it was a red roof inn because I've had this duck probably about seven years now. He um, he just like, because there's, there's the Tom's River right there, right? And there's a lot of ducks and geese and swan. And um, I guess someone like raised them and then tried to release them there or something. And he was just walking into the fucking bar that's attached to this hotel. He just, like, went fucking, like, walking in the open door. I guess they had the door open because of the, the season. It was nice or whatever. And he just went fucking, like, walking into the bar, like, yo, what's up, motherfuckers? And, and like, they 
try to fucking chase him out, and he'd just come walking the fuck back in, like, yeah, what's going on? So, he got brought up to my job, and I ended up taking him home, and that's, that's Darkwing, that's one of my, well, I, I have two ducks now, I had three, but Donald passed away, um, we had to euthanize him last month, but, um, but Darkwing, he's one of my ducks, so, like, that, my only real experience with this place was, my duck went walking into the bar over there, and it sounds like the beginning of a joke, but, um, duck walks into a bar, um, so yeah, unfortunately, um, Toby and, and family stayed at, at, like, a major, uh, fucking heroin den, fucking crime-ridden hotel, um, so my apologies for not knowing enough about this, but again, the offer did stand to, um, to stay at our house, and, he really, he's like, you know, I'd really rather get a room. I said, all right. I mean, I'm not, you know, not, I'm not one of these dudes that are like, I'm dying for a wrestler to stay at my house. Like, honestly, like we're just going to have to go like buy a fucking air mattress at Walmart, return it the next day type shit. Cause I, I didn't know what else to fucking do. And, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that, so that was that story. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, I know Shaheen put up a whole shitload of topics. I don't know how much I know about any of it. Um, code of conduct in wrestling. I, I mean, that's something this little bullshit company put up. I mean, some of it's just like self-explanatory shit. It's just, you know, trying to control what wrestling fans are. And then there, there's a good amount of that, that PC shit in there. But again, like a family show is a family show. You really, like, can't be just going up in there on some fuck shit anyway. Um, does DJ capitalize on the buzz of TOD? Again, he's got to find a way to do it. I, I don't really know how. I mean, they got the, the fucking Asbury Park over at the, the fucking House of Mouse there, whatever the fuck they call it. Um, that's a dope-ass venue. That is a really dope venue. Um, I just saw, like, the one show on DVD or VOD or whatever the fuck, uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that is a dope-ass venue. But that's just, like, an occasional show there. Their main fucking venue is something where they can't do shit. So I don't know how they capitalize on the buzz of TOD on that. No idea. Um, I don't know that they have a venue to capitalize on, on TOD's buzz. Uh, Takashi 69 versus Chief Keep. Someone's gonna die. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really follow neither of these motherfuckers. Um... I don't like the, this part of the hip hop scene. Is it, these just fucking clowns, man? And, and Takashi, like he's doing all sorts of wild shit and calling people out and daring them to kill him and shit. And eventually he's gonna die. Just, I just don't give a fuck at all. Uh, Drake versus Pusha. Drake is just. I, I'm not a Drake fan. I've never been a Drake fan. I think he's corny. I don't like the sound of it. I understand he's tremendously successful and popular. I don't like that auto-tuned, whiny sound shit that he does. I don't like it. It's not my type of fucking hip-hop. Never has been. Never will be. Not going to hurt his success one fucking iota for me not liking him. But I don't. And as far as being a battle rapper, like, get the fuck out of here, man. None of that shit sounded hot to me ever. I never thought he was scathing. He did some shit that, like, oh, that Meek was garbage as a fucking battle rapper. So the fact that Drake somehow won a battle, like, it just, it's it's all trash to me. Um, Pusha went at him, you know, called out like an illegitimate kid and shit. Like, Pusha's album was fucking fire, too. Um, 
So I don't know. You know, it is what it is. There, uh, Kanye, two new albums. Uh, I haven't. I don't know that I've heard two new Kanye albums. I know I heard the one, and it's trash. It's absolute trash, garbage. Uh, people want to. Oh, Kanye's always been garbage. Bullshit. Kanye has not always been garbage. And uh, you know, if you don't know, you know that Kanye ever made good music, then I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot to say to you. Um, I, I think Kanye's always been a jerk off. I mean, I, I, I think that's a hundred percent a fact. Um, I also wasted my time watching the fucking Kanye West, uh, family feud episode. Don't do that shit. It don't do that shit. If you like anything, don't do it. If you like family feud, don't do it. If you like Kanye, don't just don't fucking do it. It's like the corniest bullshit I have ever fucking seen. I like family feud a lot. I mainly like Steve Harvey looking at motherfuckers like they're crazy. I think that's the majority of the show. It's just Steve Harvey's just stopping and fucking look at the motherfuckers like there's some more wild shit here. But um Yeah, th- this was absolute trash. Complete garbage. So um don't watch that. Um nothing funny about it. Like so bad that like Kanye and, and Kim's team lost to the rest of the, the Kardashians. But because Kanye and Kim always wanted to do that last lightning round part, they let them do it anyway, even though they lost the game. That's how trash it was, man. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of my motherfucking TV, man. It's fucking crazy. Uh, Punk probably being at All In and what it means for his future in wrestling. I've heard that that's supposed to be, he, he's going to be doing the signing thing over there. It's in, I think, Chicago. So it makes all the sense in the world. I, I really hope that this, this last MMA loss leads him back into wrestling. Um, I don't think the money matters to him at all anymore. But uh, I, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. He's one of those dudes that definitely gets my attention as far as what he's up to, what the, what he's going to say, how he's going to do. He's got a very creative mind as far as even putting matches together and how they come out. Um, you know, His matches with Cena were fucking great. People want to talk all sorts of shit about Cena, but like when you see the type of shit that he put together, you know, with a CM Punk, those guys got together and they worked out some ill-ass matches that I thought told fucking great stories and, and were really entertaining athletically. So, um, you know, he's never been fucking AJ Styles as far as athleticism goes, but the way that he he crafted a match made that shit interesting and and you know he'd do some risky shit he'd do some fucking technical shit he'd do some striking shit he really hit a lot of fucking avenues within one match and his ability to sell those matches in a promo is fucking pretty much second to none you know i mean he had the majority of the indies acting like complete assholes with the fucking their own little pipe bomb promos because they thought that was the that was the avenue to success. Like, CM Punk did it. It really worked. Now I'm going to talk shit about the company that booked me. Like, <laughs> stop it. Cut it the fuck out. There's like 12 guys in CZW doing that shit. Like, fucking <laughs> stop it. Um, uh, where is Zandig? I don't want to know. Where was Zandig all the years that he was gone? I mean, Zandig, he does his own fucking thing. Again, I really, really wish that roof bump never happened. And I know that's crazy. I know that's crazy to say because that shit was dope. I was there. It was fucking awesome. But I think we still have John Zandig on a regular basis. I think John Zandig is still heavily involved in wrestling if he doesn't take that bump. 
It set him back. Set him so far fucking back. It discouraged him. It, it put him back out. It gave him a fucking reason why he walked away to begin with. You know, it, it reinstated all that fucking pain in his body to go like, yeah, maybe it is over. And, you know, mentally he wants to go in. He wants to go fucking fight this guy and wrestle that guy and this and that. But the fucking burden that he's got with that fucking back now on top of it, there's no way you can continue to justify that. Not on a regular schedule. And people are fucking dying for him to show up on a regular basis. That's that's tough. I, I don't know. Um, I feel bad for Zandig, you know, because he, he just went in so fucking fast. He wanted to make such a huge impact, and he did. I mean, he made a huge fucking impact. Too big. Too big. Too fast. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about all I got. Uh, I think I had a bunch of shit. Um want to definitely say shout out to the I got your fucking five stars podcast. Uh, that's Jeremy now with 100% less Eric. Um, uh, shout out to Eric. Uh, Eric's a good dude. But um, Eric is no longer part of the show. Uh, Jeremy is giving glowing reviews of wrestling shows. Um, th- this, holy shit, this guy loves wrestling. I, uh, if you want to hear the opposite of my show, <laughs> listen to Jeremy's show. Jeremy, um, he, he really, really loves wrestling. You know, this is, uh, wrestling is not, is not dead to him. It's not, uh, you know, like I said, I, I've grown very soured over, over things over the years. And I feel like, um, I've got like grown out of a lot of the, the fandom that I had. And, um, look, uh, Jeremy and I share opinions on a lot of things, a lot of things in wrestling. So if you hear shit, like I may say it in a way harsher way, but if you hear some shit that Jeremy say he doesn't like, and it's some shit that I'm saying, I don't like that. You might want to pay attention to what he's saying. Cause you still got him. You still got him supporting, showing up to shows and, and, and fucking buying merch and that type of shit. Know what I mean, so pay attention to what, you know, if you guys are promoters, wrestlers and shit, pay attention to the type of shit he's saying. Um, again, like he's, he's very, very positive at the moment. Um, he's, um, he's putting over things to, to a very high extent. Um, and honestly, I think, you know, Jeremy, where he's starting out now, he's never done this podcast thing before. I, I think he's better than I was when I started. I've been doing this shit for like seven years. I wouldn't consider myself good at it now but uh, you know i mean i have people to listen and like it it is what it is i'll take it um i appreciate all of that um but yeah i definitely check his show out if you really love wrestling check his show out he's he's gonna watch a shitload of wrestling and put you onto a bunch of things that he likes and everything i have no tolerance and patience for wrestling so um i'll listen to his show you know when I when I get a chance, I, I I've definitely heard a couple episodes, and he's doing his thing. He's absolutely doing his thing. Um, so check him out, and then uh, check out the Hot Tag Podcast over there with my man Shaheen doing his thing with Boxman, and uh, you know they got a whole network over there and shit. And uh, yeah, check everybody the fuck out. Um, I got a race to do on Saturday. I'm fucking excited. I'm hyped. Uh, my back's feeling good. I'm feeling springy. I was out in the fucking park doing sprints last night. Um, feeling fucking springy. 
ready for this motherfucking race. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kill this shit. I'm going to hit the outro. I don't know if it's going to play, man. I, uh, you know, I tried playing the song earlier and then I hit the, I, I, some shit works, some shit doesn't. I don't fucking know. Uh, talk to you motherfuckers next week. Either the outro I'll play, I'll just hit it. All right. Peace. Talk to y'all later. There it is. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. What I make you good? Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a thing. Even when I lie. The Juza Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.